1: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's about him, and it's about his own personal situation, doing what's best for him because he doesn't owe it to anybody else, especially when you play a sport like this. welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points, uh, and we are here with a very special edition, and I am your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan. And Dylan, we did not plan on doing this podcast, um, but the NFL world got turned uh, all over the place uh, this weekend when Andrew Luck announced his retirement from football. And uh, for anyone who has listened to this podcast from the very beginning, Go back to our very first episode. I'm pretty sure Dylan and I both said, as we were talking about his injury, we don't think it's anything serious. It's nothing to worry about. And unfortunately, Dylan, we uh, may have given some misinformation to Colts fans because um, no one expected this. And I guess immediately, you. Know, what was your immediate reaction? Because I think we all had different reactions. Uh, and I find that one of the most fascinating parts of this story.
0: My initial reaction—it's hard to even completely remember. Over the weekend, I was wine tasting with my <laughs> girlfriend's family, and we were taking a nap before dinner. And I woke up and I saw uh, SportsCenter had been on with the um, after the Florida Miami game, and I saw like a headline with his name. And I didn't really think anything of it. I just kind of was laying there, and I looked. and I'm like, wait a second. It says retirement. What? Like I didn't. I was like, if it's on SportsCenter, it must be real. It's one thing if you read it on Twitter and saw Schefter's tweet and thought it was a fake uh, account a whole different thing to see it up and bold bold on ESPN at that time so initial reaction was yeah I I didn't really have it was hard to kind of gather things I wanted to gather information because I was kind of just wondering like what happened I as you mentioned we we touched on the injury we said you know with luck it's always something to keep an eye on given his injury history but uh there had been no indication that it was to the this severity I mean we thought if anything maybe he'd miss week one or two uh not possibly retirement uh so yeah just uh it was hard to use it's hard to kind of contextualize your own feelings about it and what it means for football but then also trying to understand from his point of view and uh trying to kind of gather information that was kind of my first thing i wanted to do was look into um all the aspects that went into it and it helped out that he ended up having that press conference um after the colts preseason game to kind of address the situation
1: well i'll say that the first thing is uh, for anyone that has twitter of course you you have your notifications on you have it on uh for, for Schefter of course if you're someone in the NFL sphere you, you want to make sure you get everything as soon as I saw it I looked at it I sat my phone back down and I turned back to whatever I was doing I think I may you know may have been watching TV something there was a game of some sort um and I, I just sat there for a second and I'm like hold on hold on a second wait wait a minute." And I went back, picked up my phone, and I'm like, wait, hold on, what? And then that's when, (laughs) you know, you saw a lot of people mention it, seeing if you thought it was fake, and that's what I did, I was like, that's why I sat it down at first, because I was like, surely something is, I am missing something here, this is a part of a joke that I haven't been involved in, uh, or something. And Mm -hmm. you go back and look at it again, and you're like, what and that was that was most everyone's initial reaction i think and and it was and we'll go into this a bit because as we were talking about before we started recording this i think one of the the most interesting parts of this is the era that we live in it is the social media era where there's a lot of rumors there's a lot of um you know sources and reports and all these things that, that come out before you have a blockbuster news story of some sort. It seems like it always happens, um, whether someone has found some inside information uh, that kind of tips you off on something that's going to happen with, with, with these stories in sports or, or anything else, really, when you're, when you're reporting as a journalist. Um, but we had none of that, like you said. I mean, mm-hmm. we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, there was zero indication that this was even a possibility of any sort. And that's what I found. And it's why it was the, the, as shocking as it was, is because there were no hints. None of us had any idea at all. Anyone who said that they thought Andrew Luck was considering retirement, uh, you know, a week and a half, two weeks before the start of the regular season would have been flat out lying to you, um, at least, you know, if someone outside of the, the Colts circle but to see it unfold the way that it did, man, it was just uh, – it was incredible.
0: Yeah, if we're going to find anything, I think the Ringers' Kevin Clark mentioned a quote from Jim Irsay last year where he said he wouldn't cha- uh, trade Jacoby Brissett for a first-round pick, and he found it kind of odd at the time, like given the value of what they got him for, being able to flip him for something like that. Seems like it could be an a apt move, but, you know, I think the Colts may have known a little more than uh, – uh, was let on this whole time maybe not so much that he was gonna you know retire now but that it was something that on the of you know, on the back of his mind that the toll of the injuries inside the locker room i think pat mcafee had said um was more evident than what luck gave uh in his with his uh, kind of public image and how he'd be an interview so there are some things in the organization that we can't even possibly know and it's, i think it's a little different in a testament some people were upset. Um, with the colts for leaking this information because i believe he luck was uh planning to have a press conference uh yet on sunday yep. to announce it and kind of accelerated the timeline uh but nonetheless nothing leaked before that i mean some of these other ones with like calvin johnson and other guys in the past the information has leaked uh and kind of been it's kind of been known for a while that they've been considering it same thing with uh gronkowski so a little bit different there i mean who knows how long they kind of had an inkling of it i know that um Uh, Brissett said that Luck told him he was going to retire on Friday, not people thought it was Saturday because there's a video of Jacoby Brissett's like had a really shocked expression when he was talking to Andrew Luck on the sideline of that preseason game, but apparently knew the day before. Um, So, yeah, just (laughs) still still taking it in, even at this point, though. Um, Yeah, I I will get into some of the reactions from former players and some uh, uh, talking heads around the media. But yeah, just definitely still, even right now, it's still kind of something that's hard to really wrap my head around.
1: Yeah, before we get into the talking heads, because let me just tell you, I've got plenty to say about that, because uh, we we saw lots of reactions, and uh, there are some of those that need to be uh, put in the spotlight, let's just put it that way, um, for for having the, the sort of reactions to this. But before we do that, the timing of it all, you mentioned that that was probably and look the first thing people jumped on was the tweets and you saw the reaction from colts fans as soon as the the news started to spread the video was out there colts there are certain colts fans that were booing luck as he walked off the field that was a video that went viral everyone saw it um everyone had reaction to it and and here's what i'll say to that and i know you sort of feel similar on this I think there there's a situation where the timing was not something that, you, that they wanted, like you said. that They didn't want to have this situation where you have news like that come out as the game is going on. You want to talk about bad timing. That was bad timing because it wasn't as if you just had the, the situation of, oh my goodness, um, our, our star quarterback, our franchise quarterback is retiring right before the start of the regular season. But you had all parties in the exact same space. So everyone is in the same stadium at that time. And that just Mm -hmm. made for, you know, again, booing him, that was not a move anyone wanted to see. And I think there's a lot of ways you can look at this from an emotional aspect. I think there are probably, in all honesty, Dylan, there are probably other fan bases that would have did the same thing with the way, specifically with just the way that it played out. Now, I'm not saying mm-hmm. it was the right move, but I think it will, you would have saw the same thing play out with other fan bases as well. So I know a lot of people are piling on Colts fans, but I do think there are others that would have did the same thing just because of that emotional reaction to, again, someone that you've been emotionally connected to as a sports mm-hmm. fan for all these years, and he's been the primary reason you've had the success you've had. It was just bad timing and that's what to me led to the situation we got with, with everyone sort of booing him. it wasn't everyone but with a certain contingent of fans mm-hmm. uh booing him
0: yeah it only takes so many fans to boo to to make it uh, pretty loud in a stadium yeah. like that yeah like you mentioned um a lot of other fan bases given these exact parameters i think with luck's career and uh the timing of it with it being a couple of weeks before the season you know it would be one thing uh, i mentioned before the uh call that you know if aaron Rodgers two weeks before the season retired with everything he's done and his age being a little older it wouldn't i don't think you'd see the same reaction from packers fans now that's a completely different case than what's happening with andrew luck his whole injury history all the circumstances, finally they have a great GM, we'll get into that, and finally they have a great head coach that has an offensive system that Andrew Luck was thriving in last season, so there's a lot of things, a lot of uh, hype around this team that, you know, they haven't won, you know, big in the Luck era, the, the farthest they've reached is the AFC title game, so there are a lot of different circumstances, and I think if another fan base had them, you would have had a similar reaction given the timing of the announcement during the game, it's just not a, or not an announcement, I guess, the news breaking, but uh yeah i i don't think it's unique to colts fans i don't think that's necessarily fair now that what what that says about you know some fans in general of all these teams that's another thing um but that's just part of it and i don't think i know andrew luck said it hurt him but you know I, i believe he'll be able to move on from that um and there's going to be plenty of other colts fans that at the end of the day are going to be praising him and thanking him and wishing him the best and everything he does after football and uh, you know it's just it's, it's the initial hurt you, you can't yeah. blame Colts fans for being upset that would be absurd like if your favorite yeah. team's uh, best starting pitcher in baseball or uh, point guard or in the NBA whatever the sport is retires right before the season and you have championship aspirations it's not gonna not gonna be great you're not gonna take it completely well and especially right in that moment it's hard for probably those fans to kind of contextualize it that have been so wrapped up in Deluxe's career.
1: Yeah, and, and again, it's an emotional connection and, and it's such a large one. As we know with sports fandom, it is what it is. I mean, there there is an emotional connection, and let's face it too, there is a there is a financial, you know, connection. There is a, an attention connection in terms of um you're you're putting, you know, your time, you're you're putting it into a team and it's that's the way it works with sports fandom. And you know, there's a lot of people, um, you see the stuff coming out today about you know, Colts fans calling in trying to, to get refunds and unfortunately it's not exactly uh, a unique scenario for them when we talk about injuries uh, in the past and seeing how this has sort of played out for them before with having a quarterback that's had an injury um, and certainly now you have this where, where luck retires and it's it's just such a unique scenario and I think there there are a lot of people that, that are piling on Colts fans for, for reacting the way they're reacting but I would say to that, um, while yes, you would like things to play out in a perfect way, um, that's not always going to happen when, when you have a scenario like this, because it is so unique. Um, and, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's one of those deals where, he, he, again, it's all about the emotional part of it. Um, and certainly that there are a lot of people emotionally invested uh, in Andrew Luck's career, and that kind of made things unfold the way they did as soon as it happened. But
0: mm-hmm. while that's
1: the case, there are some bad reactions to this and um there there are ones that aren't just based on emotion um th- these are ones based on i, I honestly have no idea um and, and that's where we jump into the social media era and i was laughing about this as soon as this happened you knew there were going to be people right away that were going to add that extra layer of of stupidity when it comes to trying to justify why andrew luck should not retire somehow these people dylan had the answers to andrew luck not retiring they knew what was best for andrew luck even though they were not named andrew luck um i just and we can we can laugh about this you know troy aikman um he (laughs) He pretty much uh, got an upper hand on Doug Gottlieb. It was one of the ones that was out there saying stuff. And you mentioned it earlier. The talking heads are going to talk. Uh, but that was one of the more, I don't I don't necessarily want to say it was entertaining. Um, I just found it sort of just sad. It's some of the reactions that came out, uh, based on people thinking that they knew exactly what was best for Andrew Luck when they were not the ones that have gone through the injuries the rehab and all the other stuff that goes along with being a player in the NFL
0: yeah it's yeah I kind of tried to ignore it but at a certain point some of the things you're you just (laughs) it's hard to really think of I mean I mean you're saying you don't know why I think it's to draw eyeballs to draw attention to create kind of and you know it's like kind of the idea that all press is good press. I don't know if that's necessarily true or fair. I mean, it's okay to have a, an opinion that's controversial or, you know, actually something that you really believe in with that's backed up. But to just kind of, in this case, you know, question someone's toughness, question their situation, uh, it's really... I don't know how to really react to it other than a negative way. I mean, I don't, how to, how to exactly express my feelings without using words I might regret. I'm not going to. So it's, I just kind of, at the end of the day, I think, you know, Andrew Luck doesn't care what some talking head says about his uh, retirement. And I think that that makes me feel better about it. If he actually some, for some reason cared, uh, maybe in the same way that some players in other sports and, and in, in the NFL do care about what, members of the media say you see some of the things between colin coward and baker mayfield and you wonder why he even cares kind of about what he's saying about him it's all kind of fun when it's on that stuff but when it when you're really questioning someone's life decision as if you know you understand the circumstances of it you uh it's a whole different thing and uh, i was glad that i mean i'm happy that you know for the most part it seems like even some of the talking heads that i've You know, see on Twitter, they haven't had nearly that strong of responses or anything too outlandish compared to, say, you know, something that's less serious than this. Um, But yeah, that one in particular, that Troy Ekman tweet was pretty great. Um, (laughs) A lot of former players also reacting, you know, saying, like, you know, go see what happens when you feel like you've been in multiple car car accidents every Monday morning. Um, And especially with, uh, we'll get into some of the stuff Andrew Luck went through in his career uh, in a bit. So it's not. (laughs) This isn't some guy that's been playing with one of the best offensive lines for years and years and years with a coach like Tom or uh, uh, Bill Belichick or Sean Payton. So, I mean, you've seen a lot of comparisons about Drew Brees and Tom Brady and them still playing at the age as they are and Andrew Luck at 29. And it's just not the, the circumstances of their careers and the injuries they've faced. Those guys have faced big injuries, but the totality of it all and. Uh, the exhaustion of the whole process. I think it's not really fair to compare those two uh, or those three, I guess, with those two guys that are still playing into their forties.
1: Yeah. It's his body. That's the way I look at it. It's his body. It's his mind. He can do whatever he wants with it. And and you know what? I don't have to like the timing. No one else has to like the timing, but it really doesn't matter. It's, It's up to him. Um, he's the one taking the hits he's the one that's been dealing with the injuries he's the one putting the work in for the rehab Um, it's his choice if he wanted to make this choice in week two of the regular season good for him like I'm sorry like it's it's up to him Mm -hmm. and it's not ideal but he can make this choice anytime he wants because he is literally putting his physical health on the line every time he steps onto the field and for me that's that's his choice, and he can do whatever he wants to do, and he mm-hmm. doesn't have to justify it to anybody, uh, in my opinion. But before we get into just the the shock factor, because there's a lot of people talking about, you know, the shocking part of this, this all, and is it the most shocking retirement we've seen in the NFL? You just brought up, you know, Andrew Luck's career with the Colts and how things unfolded for him um, kind of earlier on in his career because – I mean, that's where we talk about the physical health part of this. The guy was getting hit. He was getting pressured. It happened a lot, and I know that was one of the first things a lot of people were mentioning. When the retirement was announced, everybody's trying to figure out, well, why did this happen? How did he get to this point? Um, but Dylan, I think as we know, there are a lot of facets that go into it, but he was just kind—he of, was taking some beatings there uh, for a while with the Colts.
0: Yeah, I think if you're a Colts fan and you're upset and that, that feeling turns to anger, it really should not be directed at Andrew Luck. And uh, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of people that have already said this, but their old uh, GM, Ryan Gridson, has to be the true culprit of this whole whole thing. Uh, we went into it and looked at all these stats from Pro Football Focus, some that Warren Sharp listed. Uh, he said during the Uh, Gregson era which was from 2012 to 2016 Andrew Luck was the most pressured and most hit QB in the entire NFL that whole span Um, is hit or pressured 16 times per game now it's it's pretty obvious when you look kind of through what they were doing with their um, drafting and who they were targeting free agency the team at the time kind of was transitioning the defense wasn't great and they started spending a lot of money Uh, and draft picks on the defense and kind of neglected the offensive line in particular. They only drafted three offensive linemen from uh, before the seventh round from 2012 to 2015. And you see, especially in 2015, his um, pressure and hit rate jumps quite a bit even from the year before. And, And at that point, they were spending the lowest amount of salary cap dollars on their offensive line. Uh, Andrew Luck hadn't missed a game until 2015 he started his first 51 games then missed 26 of the next 45 obviously all of 2017 and then you see you know when they get when they hire Chris Ballard in that uh, in between year but after 2016 and with Luck playing last year he's only uh, hit 3% of the time pressured 29% of the time a huge drop off and uh, you, you know you think about Quentin Nelson but you think about just their offensive line overall and the system they have and it's It's just kind of it's sad to think about, you know, if he had been in a different situation, or if Chris Ballard had been there the whole time, or another GM that was, you know, uh, you know, paying attention to the offensive line, which we've talked about already in some of these podcasts, is so crucial for a young quarterback to develop. I mean, Andrew Luck still developed quite well without it, but his body—I think the the big thing was the toll it took on his body. Um, I mean, we didn't list out all the injuries, but the one that a lot of people talk about is him playing with a lacerated kidney and was peeing blood and. You know, there's, uh, on top of that, there's so many things. Obviously, the shoulder issue um, that kept him out for all of 2017. The list is pretty staggering, and I'm sure there's injuries that weren't even officially listed that he was uh, dealing with. So, it's – yeah, the – it's tough to think about um that era and as a as just even if you're not a colts fan just a fan of football and uh you know the andrew luck is someone who last season was just so fun to watch I, my lasting memory will probably be that that first kind of quarter and a half of the wild card victory over the texans where they were just picking them apart each drive and it was just you know andrew luck luck looked you know unstoppable in that game at the beginning and um, those moments, you know, you think about how great he was and how great he really could have been if he had been in the right situation his entire career.
1: Yeah, I mean, they were the hottest, you know, arguably the hottest team in the NFL down the stretch. And, and playing as he was playing as well as anybody. And that's why, you know, you think about that, all the momentum they had built. Um, and then, you know, here we are, however many months later, and this is the conversation because it, it is just – it is. It's unbelievable. Um, that's what adds to this, this shock factor. And, and you know, we've mentioned this too. Chris Ballard was such a such a great hire for them. And, it, you know, he's made the right moves to, to put them in a position to have success there. And that's what – I know mm-hmm. you've noted this, Dylan. That's where it's really just unfortunate because it did seem like they were set up so well around Andrew Luck now that this was going to be a team that you felt like – had opportunities to make a deep playoff run have an opportunity to get to a super bowl Um, it just felt like they had finally gotten to a point to where they had built up uh, that well uh, really on both sides of the ball and especially just kind of building around him on offense
0: yeah you had the quote last year where he said am i allowed to have this much fun on a football field um going from you know when you watch the press conference of him retiring where he just talked about the physical toll on his body and the mental toll that took so yeah it's it makes it even like a, it's kind of a tragic irony of like he's finally in this perfect situation where everything's kind of seemed to align but it's just too late the injuries had piled up too much um and you know he could have he, he could have obviously battled through it and continued to try but Uh, the quality of his life and you know as we've already talked about it's his decision at the end of the day Um, he needs to decide what's best for him obviously one part of my reaction which has kind of developed over the last couple days I'll mention right here um, I I didn't like the idea that and this has gone back to when even when he was drafted I think it was Dan Dockage uh, used to work for ESPN I'm not sure where he's at now said something along the lines of I, I hate to say I told you so but you know back when he was drafted I said this kid is kind of weird didn't really wasn't committed to the football I don't think that's fair at all uh, I don't I think the idea of questioning Andrew Luck's love for football just because he's interested in other things is absurd I, I think he is obsessed with football I think his commitment you know at the, if he if he wasn't physically impaired by all these injuries he would have played for you know another decade potentially who knows um, but I mean, his commitment, not just physically, but mentally to the game, what he put in his whole life, the idea that he didn't just be obsessed with football and wasn't completely committed is completely wrong. And I think it's big of him in this case to know I can't be committed anymore. I can't give what I know I'm capable of. And you don't want to be a lot of athletes will say like they once they're not able to be at their best they don't really feel like they're giving them their true self out there and it's kind of tough on them mentally and a lot of guys that have retired earlier will mention that as a reason um so yeah it's just uh yeah it's just as a football fan it just sucks because it you know you you don't want to see one of the best quarterbacks out of the game you understand why though and yeah, yeah. Again, I think the true culprit in my mind is always going to be Ryan Grigson. <laughs>
1: well, and you listen, you you mentioned about you can't be half in and half out. It doesn't work in in sports, the professional sports especially. We we know the demands that it takes and and what it takes to to be at that very top level. And like you said, I mean, it, it's almost like people. There are some people that are just. They're so upset that he would even think about stepping away from football because he gets all this money and, you know, you've got this big opportunity. Why would you step away? Man, (laughs) there are other things out there, man. You know, it's like, I mean, at some point after you take a beating – as much as you've taken and have to go through all these injuries and all these rehabs and all the pain you've been through not just from a physical standpoint but we've mentioned it the mental part of this too i don't think people sometimes realize and you've seen former nfl players as well over the past 48 hours talking about this on twitter and other you know other places about just the attention to the mental part of the game. For all these guys who used to play, maybe they're retired, um, we know, Dylan, the the mental health issue when it comes to this is something that has become such a huge talked-about topic because it's so important, and it's like, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's still some people that are stuck in that mindset of let the guy get his brains beat in until he can't walk anymore and then, you know, all right, then we'll just we'll celebrate him yet while he's, you know, sitting around and can't walk and can't remember things and all that. And we're not making fun of a situation, but like that's how some people look at this. And I just wish we I hopefully we are going to continue to evolve in that area because this yeah. is such a unique decision. And it's one that I will say this. I don't think a lot of people would make necessarily with the exact same timing Because of that pressure, because of feeling like,
0: you know, Mm -hmm.
1: maybe you are letting the team down or maybe you're doing this. And I'm sure Andrew Luck felt these exact same feelings. But at the end of the day, it goes back to everything we've talked about for 25 minutes here thus far. It's about him and it's about his own personal situation, doing what's best for him because he doesn't owe it to anybody else. Um, especially when you play a sport like this that that has such a demand on you physically and mentally, I, it just it goes back to that for me, and and that's what sort of adds that that extra layer when you talk about everybody who maybe judges this guy or is going to continue to say how this is going to affect his legacy it's something where i don't think it affects it at all in terms of what he's accomplished at this point mm-hmm. um it only affects you know what he could have accomplished eventually exactly uh, i think that's what it's more about to me
0: yeah i couldn't have said that last part better it's yeah it's not about what he did it's more about what you know, what all wonders what he could have done and i think it says even more about the decision i know the colts did end up honoring the rest of his guaranteed money on his contract and we we'll, uh, i think it's like 28 million but initially he was willing to give up all of that money. And I think it was, uh, you know, over 50 million rests on the remainder of his deal. The fact that he's willing to give up that much money really shows you how sure he is about this choice. And, you know, you mentioned the pressures. Um, yeah. A lot of, I, I don't know. It's hard to really put yourself in that point of view. Cause you don't know. I mean, yeah. well, like you said, though, a lot of people probably don't make the same decision, even if they wanted to retire just because of the pressures. And it takes someone that is really confident in what that, you know, their own making their own choices to say, you know what, this is the best thing I need to do for myself. And, um, yeah, it's just yeah. – yeah. you understand why, yeah. for sure, with all the injuries. It's it's rough to read the list over.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And we'll go into this more on our next podcast. Like we said, this one's going to be a little shorter than normal because uh, we've got another podcast coming up here in a couple of days as we're uh, gearing up for the start of the season. But there are a couple other things to touch on here, Dylan, but before, and we'll expand more on kind of the Colts aspect of it. Uh, maybe what it means for them just in terms of of their long-term future, their short-term future. Um, But it does go back to the shocking part, but this is something that's been debated again over the past couple of days since this happened. Talking about it, you know, potentially being the most shocking NFL retirement ever. And a lot of people have mentioned uh, some of the the ones that we all sort of know about, Barry Sanders, Jim Brown, Gail Sayers in that mix. You had Calvin Johnson not too long ago. Um, It's, you know, it's hard for me to say exactly, I do think that the fact that we maybe are in this era, era of social media and you feel like you should certainly, you, you become more shocked because you, we're so used to having all the info at our hands. We're used to being able <laughs> uh, to find information on anything and feel like we're going to have a heads up when something like this is coming. But the fact that it didn't, that really added to, to the shock part of this whole deal.
0: Yeah, this wasn't something anyone anyone saw coming obviously like you're saying a different situation um, in terms of social media um, now compared to some of those guys even Calvin Johnson uh, even though it wasn't that long ago just it, it, a part of it also was obviously the position he played right like running back and receivers and then you have tight ends like uh, Rob Gronkowski that take such a physical beating so often during games and you uh, you don't really think about quarterbacks in the same way but as we went over the stats andrew luck's not a quarterback that um has had the luxury of really you know being protected well throughout his career really only this past season was really the only year where it was uh, evident but yeah i think uh, it's hard for me to say because you know with barry sanders i wasn't old enough for a couple of the other uh, jim brown and gail sayers um i know gail sayers obviously a lot of it had to do with injuries uh, Barry just you know at the time he did it it was like some frustration too with the, his situation in Detroit but yeah in terms of Andrew Lux I, I of anyone I've seen it's the most shocking I, I don't know if it's the weirdest um or most shocking in sports some people brought up uh Michael Jordan's first retirement after he uh, won those uh three the first three titles um And you have some other athletes in other sports that have kind of walked away at interesting times. So, I don't know if it's um, topping that, but out of NFL, I'd say it's the most shocking. Maybe not the weirdest. I I brought up the uh, Vontae Davis mid-game retirement (laughs) last year. Um, there's some other you know weird sports stories over the last years but just in terms of NFL retirement it's at the top for me
1: yeah it's it's got to be there and and it is it's, it's something that caught everyone off guard and and no one again because of that we live in the the information age everyone expects to have these things early and, and kind of you know know that that we're going to have news like this break uh, when it comes to, to athletes and such and teams and it was it was one that none of us saw coming but uh, Dylan we'll wrap up with this and like I said we'll go into more of this um, in our podcast and then certainly when we have our big mm-hmm. predictions uh episode next week, which we're gonna do predictions on every division, give you all of our picks. That's what you want. Uh we're gonna give you all that right before the start of the regular season. So uh be sure you subscribe so you don't miss that. But um you know just the the, the effects on the AFC South itself. And you know the, the the fortunate part of this is that Andrew Luck's retirement wasn't the only sort of big hit to the AFC South this weekend as Lamar Miller Uh, Texas running back tore his ACL. Um, That obviously has a big impact on the Texans, even though they did just get, we mentioned, we've talked about the New Johnson trade. And right now that's certainly looking like, uh, boy, they've got to be thankful they did that. Uh, But, you know, this AFC South, and and you were laughing at me before we started recording about the Titans. (laughs) Um, While watching the Titans on Sunday night, uh, you want to talk about a lackluster performance. And I know we don't put a lot into preseason, but... For a third preseason game, uh, that was not what Titans fans wanted to see in their game against the Steelers uh, in Nashville on Sunday night. And the Jags are sitting there almost like the team that's just sort of salivating to get back to where they were a couple years ago. It really does open things up in the AFC South. However, I will say this, and we'll we'll talk about him more. We we will. We will. I promise we're going to talk about him more in the next episode. But Jacoby Brissett is not like you know just some guy off the street and so mm-hmm. I do think there there's a lot of value there in being able to, to at least have him on the roster I don't know how far does it take the Colts from being uh, you know a potential Super Bowl contender to a team that could maybe not make the playoffs that's probably more like it to me but I don't think this necessarily means we're just going to see the Colts you know plummet to the bottom of the AFC South uh, but it does make that division much more interesting now going forward
0: we saw in a great system in New England, Jacoby Brissett, uh, a few years back, you know, performed quite well. And now it's another situation here where has a great situation with Frank Reich's offense, their offensive line, all the weapons they have. Yeah, I think before I try to even think about who's going to be a favorite in this division, when I think about the Colts, I'm really curious to see how this all works because this will be a real test of... What Chris Ballard's done in these last two years, uh, Frank Reich's new system. What can they do now? You you don't have your uh, all pro caliber uh, quarterback that you know might make you a Super Bowl favorite. But I think this team still they sh- they should still expect from themselves to compete for a playoff spot. And in in the AFC South, sometimes we've seen that be a nine and seven record, ten and six. I I mean they could they could do that um it's going to be interesting I do think it's kind of wide open Uh, now I have to reevaluate you know previously I would have absolutely made my pick for the Colts to win the division now need to dive in a little more because I really do think the AFC South is uh, completely wide open and uh, you can make an argument for any of the uh, other three teams now to take it just depending on how things go yeah at the Titans like you mentioned that yeah that wasn't what you're looking for but I, I still have Uh, just like it's not even a confidence in them but there's something about the Titans where they always kind of stick around where (laughs) now I'm feeling kind of like this might be the year they get the division you know they grab it back I think they're absolutely capable whether it be with uh, Mariota or with (laughs) Tannehill on the field um yeah, Jacksonville, I think it'll be a hinge a lot on what their defense does and if Nick Foles is able to kind of recapture some of that magic in Philly. And then obviously the Texans, they, they're probably the betting favorite. I didn't look at how the odds change, but I'd, I'd imagine with Deshaun Watson and some of the talent they have on defense, we'll see what happens if they end up trading Clowney or it seems like they might keep him. But, I mean, we never know. We'll see what happens over the next couple weeks. Um, yeah, for all I know that he'll be traded, you know, by the time this podcast comes out. <laughs>
1: That's usually uh, what happens with, with us. We record something. <laughs> And then, like, some huge news story that just completely changes the NFL comes out probably hours after you record. That's happened several times thus far.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, again, just I'll have to dive a little deeper, but it definitely makes it a much more interesting division and uh, really one that you can argue that all four teams have a shot at.
1: I think you've got four potentially good teams in the division. I don't know if you have a potentially great team because I do think that could have been the Colts. Um, more so than the Texans the Titans or the Jags um, I think now you've got four teams that could potentially be pretty good you mentioned nine and seven I think the Titans are the ultimate nine and seven team um, you know you've, you've got a lot of teams that that could be, a little above average you just want to see are they going to be able to take that step from above average to being a team that can win playoff games uh that's what we don't know and that's what we'll find out once the regular season gets started next week but uh dylan we'll go ahead and wrap it up there uh again kind of a a quick episode here because we wanted to touch on this because it is such a huge story Uh, but we have another big podcast coming up this week and uh you can let people know about what we're going to discuss on that as well as uh, where they can find all our stuff
0: Yeah, and this week's podcast we're going to record in a couple days might come out either Thursday night or uh, Friday morning. We're going to talk over teams from last year that made the playoffs that are in danger of missing uh, missing it this year. I think we have an easy choice that just made the list today. Um, And then we're going to also touch on teams um, that – Uh, Missed the postseason, but have the best chance to make the playoffs in 2019. It's kind of based on the whole, uh, if you look at over at least the last two decades, it's almost a 50% turnover in playoff teams almost every single year. It's about six or seven uh, teams that made it the previous year make it again, and you have about five or six new teams. So that's where that comes from. And then we'll get at the end of that episode to our final kind of preseason takeaways. Probably a lot of, you know, we we won't have the last preseason game, but a lot of these uh, top guys aren't really going to play in the last one anyway. So we'll go into that. And uh, yeah, then the following week after that, we'll do our final uh, preseason predictions episode leading up to uh, the first game between the Bears and Packers in a couple Thursdays so yeah very excited for those um, in terms of finding our content we have you know all of our NFL contents on clutchpoints.com NFL we have a new tab on the homepage for our podcast so ours along with the Battle for LA podcast and the uh, Clutch Points NBA podcast so make sure to check that out Uh, eventually we'll try to get something on the app for it but right now we have you know we're on itunes uh, soundcloud spotify so every time we upload one anywhere you kind of look for podcasts we're adding it there um and yeah so definitely looking forward to more
1: yeah don't worry we're working on the daniel jones for mvp episode as well we're going to (laughs) devote an entire episode to daniel jones performances In the preseason, uh, but uh, obviously I'm joking. Preseason uh, MVP. Preseason MVP and soon-to-be NFL MVP. We'll see if that happens there this (laughs) season in New York. But, yeah, be sure to find all our stuff. Subscribe to everything. Uh, Season's right around the corner, so we'll uh, have a lot more great stuff on the way here on the Establish the Past podcast.